You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be an activist in the kingdom of God, but before I go into that, I also wanted to give you a little background on my family heritage. And I thought um, it would just be a good foundation for you to know a little bit about me and a little bit about us and how we are a family because we're Christians. So I um, was doing a little bit of digging in my family history, and on my dad's side, I am the direct relative of Eldridge Jerry, who uh, signed the Declaration of Independence. He helped um, write the Bill of Rights that was put into the Constitution, and he went on to become the fifth vice president of the United States of America. Gerrymandering, that's my relative. For those of you that are a little bit older, he was quite the character. And he was actually called a Democrat Republican. He was a bridge for both parties. So that's my dad's heritage. I'm fourth generation, my dad was fourth generation uh, Navy. I was born in Washington, D.C. at Walter Reed Hospital. It's been on the news a bit. That's where I was born. (laughs) Um, So I understand patriotism. I understand what it means to be an American. So then on my mom's side, my heritage has some Cherokee Indian. So I have some Cherokee Indian in me. Yeah, and um, the Cherokee Indians were a tribe of Indians. They're actually really prosperous, very um, settled. They had, they were really smart. Um, and I was doing a little bit of reading and they actually got pulled into the Indian Removal Act. So they were actually kicked off of their land. They were part of the Trail of Tears where they had to leave behind everything that they had built and established. They had to walk across states. Thousands and thousands of them died on their journey to Oklahoma. And they were a victim to the American settlers. This is also part of my family heritage. But the heritage that I really identify with is my Christian heritage. It says in Galatians 3, 26 through 29, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. As Christians, we are adopted into a new bloodline. And through that, we are unified. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I wanted to just take that time to lay that foundation because in the midst of so much division in our country, so many people connecting with their past, with their heritage. And I know that there's some of you in, your, in this room and your family heritage might be a little bit colorful. There may be some shame or some you know, things that you're not so proud of, or maybe you're really proud of certain parts of your heritage, but when you become a believer in Christ Jesus, you are unified with him and we get to be unified together. So the title of my message today is, United We Stand. Come on, there it is, in all of its glory. I wanna talk to you this morning about how we can be united and how we can stand together in this period of history because our nation was founded on unity, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So unity is actually an interesting thing because it's neutral, but it always fuels momentum and exudes authority. 
So unity can be a threat. We see this in the book of Genesis. God himself said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. And then, they, and then God literally scattered them across the earth. Unity can be a threat. Unity can also be around the wrong things. Terrorist groups have unity. Groupthink, if you look into research on groupthink, or that term sheeple comes from a group of people that are unified, but they don't really understand why they're unified. Unity also commands. The Bible says that where there is unity, it commands a blessing. But my question to us this morning is what are we commanding that blessing around? What are we amening? What are our words actually saying? And then there are some of us that are silent. And silence is actually just as unifying. Those that are silent are unified together. And what you don't say actually is still saying something, which we'll get into later. So today, my three points, I'm gonna expand on unity. What are we unified against? What our unity stands for? And what our unity is founded upon and establishing? You guys ready? Are you with me? You liking this? Okay, I'm liking it, but I've been in this message. I feel like I've been laboring this message all week and I get to deliver it to you. <laughs> so point number one, what are we unified against? The answer should be pretty easy to say, and it is very clear in the Bible, what we are unified against. We are unified against the enemy. But as I look at our country, as I look at the church, I don't really see us unified against the enemy. I see us unified around things that have actually caused division. The enemy has tricked us into fighting one another instead with the spirit of division. And unlike anything that I have ever seen with my eyes, I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And as, as I was reading the scripture, I actually had a vision of all of us as believers. It says that we wear the full army, or we are the army of God, and we put on the armor of God. And I actually saw a vision where the spirit of confusion had run rampant among the church. And our arrows began to point not at the enemy, not at the principalities of darkness, but at each other. Because this, the spirit of confusion had blurred our eyes to where our shields became targets. And those targets were where we were pointing arrows for offense and hate and assumption and the cancel culture. And we are wounding one another in the church. So now we can't be friends unless we agree on everything. And our arrows keep shooting and the church keeps getting wounded when really all along it was the enemy's strategy to do so. So with each arrow thrown by the wounded and the confused, the division grows wider. Our army of Christ is wounded and parted. Words of truth agitate instead of bringing forth freedom. So the greatest weapons of warfare, our swords, have become dull out of fear of hurting our brothers and sisters instead of sharpening to pierce the great deceiver. It is not time, church, for us to put down our weapons. It is time for us to sharpen our swords and with clarity point them towards the great deceiver, the one who seeks to kill and destroy and to tear us apart. 
In this house, our arrows are pointed towards the great deceiver. In this house, our arrows and our swords are pointed towards the evil issues of our day, towards the principalities that are threatening our nation, our families, our children, our education systems, and the church that are in direct opposition to the word of God. Our arrows are not pointed towards people. And it breaks my heart when I see a misunderstanding of when we do take a stand, when you see us fight boldly, that people, because of that spirit of confusion, because of that spirit of division, interpret that to be towards people. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, church. Our fight against our enemy. And we are taking him down. Mark 3, 24 through 26 says this, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. May we be more unified than our enemy. May we be unified against our enemy so that we can divide him, scatter him to where he doesn't have any more ground in our nation anymore in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So that's what we are unified against. So what are we actually unified standing on and establishing here on earth? In the Pledge of Allegiance, it uh, actually stood out to me as I was preparing this message to the republic for which it stands. So our nation actually is standing on these principles, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. That is what our nation stands on. We are actually united to establish the kingdom of God here on earth. This is not a political issue, this is a biblical one. And we get to bring the kingdom of God, the principles of God and establish them here on earth just as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is something that I love reading about and Jesus loved teaching about it. Almost all of his teachings were surrounding the kingdom of God. It's mentioned over 80 times in the New Testament alone. And these same principles, the kingdom of God, was what our, four, our founding fathers used to write our constitution. It's what our country was established on. And it's why we are the most prosperous nation on earth because we have taken the principles from the word of God, the kingdom of God, and put them into our laws. Our original laws, our constitution, the Declaration of Independence is infused with the same principles that Jesus taught about while he was here on earth. And we have the privilege and the responsibility of doing the same thing here today, in this hour, in this period of history. It saddens me because the majority of Christians are not even registered to vote. I mean, guys, this is not good. We got to change that. <laughs> we have actually chosen our comfort over our freedom. And while we sat on our couches, God has been removed from our schools. He's been removed from our public square. He's been removed from our textbooks that are teaching our children and from the laws that govern our land. Our nation was built on the bravery of the patriots that, that screamed, give me liberty or give me death. That is a really bold statement. Can we find that same bravery that was shown in our founding fathers and take a stand and say, not on my watch, 
not on my watch, on earth as it is in heaven. I am going to see the kingdom of God established in my land, in the United States of America, in my household, in my schools. When we start taking it personal, then we will find our authority and we will see things shift in our nation. That is what our unity is founded on. And that is why I'm proud of our nation because it's founded on the principles found in the word of God. So going into point three, I just want you to ask yourself, what gets your blood boiling? What are those things that the injustices, the things that you see, how people treat one another, what are those things that get your blood boiling? That is what God is calling you to, to be the change, to be the activist. And I want you to begin to search your heart and to realize and find out what is my story in this period of history. It's easy to look through the history books and and to look through the word of God and see so many incredible stories, but what is your story gonna be? If you were in the Bible, what would your chapter be? What would your title be? I know for me, I want it to be good. I want it to be something that will be a legacy that my daughter will be able to look at my life and say, my mom did that so I can do even more. Just like when I read the book of Esther and I find courage like Esther had, I want to inspire the next generation to be that by my example, not just by the example of the word of God. What story are you writing today? What are you establishing in your own homes, in your own schools that you send your kids to? We all have a part to play in this story. So point number three, what is our unity founded on? There is a spiritual tack that is aimed at our country right now. But really, as I said earlier through that scripture, the attack isn't on our nation as much as it is on the word of God. There's attack on the word of God. There's attack on the bride of Christ, the church. And we are seeing it play out right before our eyes. And I know that um, for me, it's been a journey for me to get to a place where I can understand and see with clarity how to fight these battles because it is delicate. There's people that are hurting. There is a nation that is hurting. There is so many things that need tender love and care. And I came from that social activist part of me, the social justice part of me, which in my opinion is more of a secular word for religion, but that's another message for another time. I know that a lot of you, like me, really resonate with the gift of mercy. And so for you to pick up a sword and to hear the words that I say, in, in your mind you're thinking, how do I even do that when I know that I could offend people or I could hurt people? I felt like that. I felt really paralyzed. I felt really silenced because of that fear and because of that confusion. But then I turned to the word of God, my rock for which I stand on. And I wanna close with the scripture, Psalm 8510. I'm gonna pray for you guys. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. There is a way to fight with a sharp sword against the evils and principalities that are attacking the foundations of our country without compromising the love of Christ to stand up against abortion while still loving the mother and the father and the family. 
for standing up for the purity and the innocence of our children, protecting them while still going after the evil that is being let loose on the streets. We can be both. The Word of God shows us that unfailing love and truth have met together like a kiss. A kiss is this magical connection that happens and it takes them meeting together. So if you've swung towards the peace, then you're gonna miss out on that magical connection of the righteousness when it comes together, of that truth and the unfailing love that come together. To reinstate righteousness within our government, it's going to take both, but we need to understand how to fight. And the enemy has tried to dismantle how we fight. But church, awaken Eastlake and awaken church, we know how to fight. We are not afraid of the sword. We are not afraid of offense because we know and we stand on the word of God. When Jesus left earth, he gave the great commission. And it's this beautiful charge to make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of Jesus. But the last part is left off a lot. And I think I know why. The last part of the great commission says, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Pretty intense. Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. We have to get comfortable with teaching the truth of the word of God. It is our commission as believers. It is our commission as Christians to be able to stand boldly with confidence, with pride because of what Jesus did on the cross. May we be a people that join together truth and unfailing love without compromise. So what is our unity founded on? founded on the rock for which we stand. Psalm 144, one through three says, praise, to be, praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. So I wanna pray for two groups of people this morning. I want to invite anybody who has not become a new creation to become a Christian this morning. If you felt just like you're tossed and turned and you're confused and you don't know which way is up, which way is down, what, maybe I am a Democrat, maybe I am a Republican, I don't know, ah, uh, if that is you, then I offer you peace this morning through the relationship that you can have personally with Jesus Christ. And just as I told you about how my background, my own family heritage is very conflicting, it's not conflicting when you become a believer. It's actually not confusing at all because you're an heir of Christ. You're the seed of Abraham. And so if that is you, if you've never given your life to Christ and you know that your heart is beating out of your chest right now, I just wanna give you an opportunity to become a part of the family a family that you can look up in Hebrews 11, your new heritage of bold, courageous men and women just like us doing ordinary things throughout their day, but then they had an encounter with the God Most High and everything changed and they made it into Hebrews 11. So if that's you with every head bowed and eye closed, I'm just gonna ask you to lift your hand on the count of three and I just wanna say a prayer with you, leading you to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that's you, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just give me a little wave. No one's watching. Maybe some of you have said yes to God before, but you haven't said yes to being activated in the kingdom of God. 
And if you wanna reestablish that relationship with God today, just give me a little hand wave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm just gonna say a prayer while you're in your seats. And after, I'm gonna open up the response lounge where you can um, get more prayer and get a Bible. But God, I pray, Holy Spirit, for every hand raised right now that um, this would be a new day, that they are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving them a new heritage, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for opening up their heart, for filling them with your Holy Spirit. And I pray right now that the old is gone and the new has come. They are a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everyone said, amen. So amazing. Yeah, give them a round of applause. There are three or four of you out there. Awesome. So now I want to pray for the Christians in the room, all the rest of us. <laughs> um, those of you that have felt a stirring as I've spoken, I want to actually pray for you, and I want you to give you the opportunity to actually stand up, and I want to impart into you courage and boldness and clarity. If you've experienced confusion in this season, not knowing what to say or how to react to the attacks on our nation, then I want you to stand up. I wanna pray over you and bind that spirit of shame and confusion. Or maybe you've let pride and opinion become a stronghold and an idol in your life. I wanna break that off of you as well this morning. I want you to take a courageous step and stand up. If you wanna release the things that are holding you back, from taking part in establishing the kingdom of God, then I wanna pray for you, I want you to stand. And I also want those of you to stand that want to experience a new level of boldness for the word of God and for the kingdom of God and the unity of Christ to be your banner, to not just be an advocate, but an activist for the kingdom of God being established in our city and in our nation. So whoever that is, just stand up and I wanna pray over you. Thank you, Jesus, so proud of you guys. I remember when I stood up for the first time, when I heard a message like this that stirred me into action. And I can honestly say that I've never been the same. I've never been the same because I have that strength imparted into me and I'm gonna impart it into you this morning. So I'm gonna say a prayer and then um, even if we wanna have some more ministry team up at the front to pray, to break some of those strongholds, I'd love to pray with you after the service. Come back Wednesday night too, where we can have more ministry time. But I'm gonna say a prayer and a charge over you. So everyone just lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring unity amongst believers today. Thank you for our nation and for allowing us to fight for which it stands. Thank you for every person standing. Rise them up to be the Esthers of our generation, for the Davids and the Daniels and the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednegoes to take a stand. We will serve our God. We will point our arrows and draw our swords to the evil that is seeking to kill, steal and destroy. It says in 2 Chronicles 7:14 that if my people, if us, the Christians, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. 
It rests in our hands. I impart courage into every person standing in Jesus' mighty name. I impart wisdom and faith. I release the prophetic over our church right now in Jesus' mighty name to prophesy and speak life over our city and our nation, to speak life over friends and family, to use the word of God to fight against the principalities of darkness. May we allow your unfailing love and truth to unify us, Jesus. Release your power right now over every single person standing in this room for your glory, God, and not for our own. United we are standing in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.